I I forgot. I had to come up with a different hello saying. That was was genius. Iowa, welcome to 2010. This is Healthcare Marketing Insights for the week of January 11. And I'm Chris Bevelo, president of Interval, healthcare marketing firm that puts on the podcast. And I'm joined today by... Adam Meyer, design director at Interval. Jackie Rotaco, account coordinator at Interval. Welcome back. Thanks. We had a two-week break. Hiatus. 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 <laughs> we have lots to talk about. And I think we should start with the first one on the agenda, which says, intro, welcome back, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I thought we already did that. We just did that. So we can move on. We can check that off. Uh, and then we're going to, I, I want to bring, I'm like breaking news. Can Adam, can you add in that little, like, can you find that? Consider it done. Okay. Thank you. This just came across my desk this morning. <laughs> Minneapolis St. Paul Business Journal. Uh, startup Bloom Health raises $5 million. Bloom Health is a company started by Abir Sen, who we all have met. He oh, yeah. is, uh, was one of the founders of Red Brick Health, who we've talked about a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, also was, a, if not one of the founders, one of the principals of Definity Health, which was, I believe, gets credit for being the first consumer-driven health plan in the United States. So a beer has lots and lots of consumer-oriented healthcare experience. And he is starting a new venture called Bloom Health. And this is how it's described. The firm plans to help its clients' employees, so they're, they're targeting large employers, help its clients' employees select health insurance plans and providers based on individual needs. As part of the program, companies put money into a Bloom account, which employees draw on to pay for healthcare. Employees can also shop online for healthcare services through Bloom's virtual shelf portal. The firm will also offer its services to individual consumers. So another example of somebody who's going out there uh, trying to influence consumers and how they choose care. Right. Uh, And we're supporters of a beer because the stuff he's done before is great. And we have a good friend who's also involved in this, uh, Jill Prevo, Mm -hmm. whose husband is friends of ours and who... Uh, works at North Memorial. Yep. So we wish them all success in the world, and we'll be keeping an eye on Bloom Health, as should healthcare marketers. Cool. Definitely. Okay. Next on the agenda, <laughs> cross that off. <laughs> Check. Hey, hey. Can we do this too? Well, you don't want to crumple the agenda. Oh. No, it's not the agenda. Oh. They do that on the radio all the time. <laughs> I think it was started by um, Jim Rome. Is it Jim Rome? whole paper crumpling yeah next on the list <laughs> uh new year's resolutions for healthcare marketing who came up with this lame lose idea? weight lose <laughs> well let's that's a good idea that's what we should have done is take traditional standard resolutions and try to twist them for healthcare marketing so if it's lose weight how do you lose healthcare marketing weight healthcare marketing bloat fire people <laughs> Fire people. <laughs> I like yes. it. Yes. We would encourage that. Gone. What else? You're useless. Besides that, what where's their where's their obesity in healthcare marketing? Figuratively. Hmm. 
This is mind bottling. Well, we've always talked about an, an, an over expenditure or a tendency to overemphasize consumer mass advertising. Yeah. Uh, as a default. Well, there, there are just so many. I mean, healthcare in general, it seems like there's so much bloat. It's like you can almost look at anything and see where Right, the but since this is a healthcare marketing bloat. podcast, we could. We could <laughs> are you talking about within healthcare? You within healthcare itself. Oh, yes. I mean, just the system itself is bloated. Is bloat is like the definition of our <laughs> healthcare system. I've never even thought of it that way. It's, it's, I don't know. The problems that plague us as a society are reflected in our system. It's bloated and obese. It doesn't take good care of itself. Right? We're like a mirror. We, are, we as individuals are a mirror of our system. Or our system is a mirror of us. Oh, man, this is, this is deep. This is deep. Deep yeah. river. You've lost me. <laughs> Okay, well, maybe we can't do that. Uh, I had one of my resolutions was to fully understand some of the regulation that I sense coming. So there's been a lot of talk about the FTC, Federal Trade Commission, uh, looking at uh, hospital advertising specifically and, and the claims they make. And there was an article, we can find this and post it, that was sent to us by a friend that was on the New York Times front page about oncology advertising in the New York City market. And it, it talked about how it, it used patient testimonial to advocate for one hospital's approach or technology or physician compared to the others. And I would say at least four times in the article, there was some kind of passage that said, if this were a pharmaceutical ad, the company would have been forced to show results, mm-hmm. you know, explain how this mm-hmm. may not be a standard result, blah, 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 blah. They, they repeated that like three or four times. So that tells me that there may be more scrutiny on this. Uh, and I'm still surprised we haven't heard uh, in all of this healthcare reform debate more about what hospitals and health systems do uh, spending money. Because while we all know it's not a ton of money relative to the system, you know, most people, Joe, on the street don't quite get that. Right. Mm-hmm. So we should pay attention. <laughs> we should. <laughs> don't you think? <laughs> do you guys have... Healthcare marketing resolutions. Do you do resolutions? I, I don't write them down, and I hate them. To be honest, I hate the thought of resolutions because I'm kind of you know if I want to make a change in my behavior, I feel like I should have the willpower and the drive to just do it anytime during the year when it needs to be done. Sure, it's like I I feel bad waiting like looking for using the new year as an excuse to actually make changes in your lifestyle i think is kind of a poor approach to make do you think people do that who does that nobody I, waits and i think some people well, try I won't do to. anything until new year's because I, like, I think a lot of people probably do you do you yeah. think so oh, they're no, not serious though. i think it's more that the time of the year is inspiring yes like it's a new year, it's a fresh start, and that's right. why people are like, "Wow, I'm really fat after this holiday," or <laughs> in, in I should really quit binge drinking or smoking. Or well, we didn't I need to get into your personal stories, Jackie. <laughs> no, but seriously, I think that now once the new out. year starts, it's kind of like months of desolation. I, and <laughs> I want somebody to write down a New Year's resolution that they're going to stop binge drinking <laughs> in 2010. That takes a lot of self-awareness, A, to know that you're binge drinking, and B, to like write it down in some planner somewhere to take I've, some action steps. I've got like a list of things that I just, it's been a list of things that I've wanted to improve on mm-hmm. anyway. It's kind of, it's kind of a, just a, a list that I keep in general anyway. 
So I, but I wouldn't tie it to the new year. Maybe an all year's resolution. Yeah, just resolutions in general. Just mm-hmm. get better at, at these things. Don't you ever though stop and think like Jackie's saying that? Okay, it's the year's done. I mean, I have some rituals that I go through, like with my office, that I pick stuff up, I organize it, I create new files on my computer. Right. And as a business owner, I plan for it. I think, okay, 2010. Yep. And I think about goals and things that I'd want to achieve. So I tend to do that in my personal life a little bit. Kind of like starting anew. Starting fresh. Mm-hmm. Like the chrysalis. <laughs> Baby butterfly. Isn't it a chrysalis? The pupae. <laughs> It's the chrys- chrysalis in your case. Nice. <laughs> the pupae. That's nice. The, okay, the other one I wrote down was measure, measure, measure. So we've already, we've already really, I think, like to your point, Adam, we didn't wait for January 1 <clears> to <throat> say, okay, now this year we're going to really measure. We started, as soon as we became aware that mm-hmm. there's more that could be done, we dove in and, and are attacking that in many different ways. So I, I like how we're doing it with clients so far, and they, right. they seem to respond very well to mm-hmm. it. You left out A. What's that? Oh, A of my resolutions? Yeah. I skipped it intentionally. Oh, okay. <laughs> you shall never know. No, we could, now that you spilled it, A was continue how to understand and leverage social media. Blah, blah, blah. Right, but that's, 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 that, that should be on everybody's, I mean, that's just, that should be a, a no-brainer for every, any marketer, all the time. I mean, it's whether it's anything online. I mean, it's it, whether it's social media or, or or otherwise. I mean, it's constantly changing. It's constantly evolving. It's not something that's ever in a static state. That, that once you've got it, you've got it, and now just go with it. Because once you've got it, it's changed, and you don't have it anymore. Damn. So it's kind of like God, I had it. It's in my hand for a second there. It's slippery. Um, that's just. I mean, that's one of those things that has to be on your radar all the time, anyway. Understanding how it's changing, how it's evolving, what's coming, what's happened. Yes, this is true. You guys have any, you don't have any you want to lend? You had fun mocking mine, but... Uh, I have technology-related ones, just different things that I haven't dabbled in that I'd like to dabble in, whether it's... Um, yeah, um, you know, it, we've always been an advocate for web standards in the past with any web-related projects we've worked on. Um, that those being XHTML, CSS, and JavaScript, um, three things that I've pretty <laughs> three things I enjoy. three things that I've versed in. <laughs> Sorry, that was a Fletch but, reference. Uh, yeah, Marvin, Thelma, <laughs> and Provo. <laughs> three words I enjoy. But a new, a new what's HTML five is supposed to be the new standard moving forward. Um, so that's something that I personally need to dive into. Um, I've got a, an understanding of it so far of, of what how it's going to change things, but I haven't started to really dabble in it yet. So things like that and other, other areas of technology that I'd like to dig my greasy paws into at some point. Nice. Good. Jackie, anything? Um, no, no. <laughs> I will say though that I read Gianna kind of had a, her weekly, weekly media. Gianna Shaw. Yeah. Gianna yeah. Shaw, um, had kind of like new looking into the new year. Um, and one of hers was to not lose sight of the patient experience, you know, mm-hmm. with all the economic woes and what have you. And I thought that was kind of a good one. Yeah. It's a good one. It's, it's, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Adam. It's a t- the, the thing is, it's such a tough one because I think it as is. marketers, we always, we always push that the patient experience has to come first. And, you know, we come down, we, I think, just, I look back to my days working in a hospital and how there is this taught, this frustration with, with, with like nurses or doctors who would talk in front of their patients about how frustrated they are. And then we'd look back at that as, God, that, look at how 
bad they're making the patient experience and how, you know, we need to change these people and make them see that they shouldn't do that. And while that partially that's true, I mean, I, I think it's, it's a little naive to think that that's where the problems lie. And I think if you, if you look at like doctors and nurses think, who are complaining in front of patients, that kind of thing, it's like, why are they complaining? You know, what, what exactly put them into a situation in which they, they needed to complain? It might be that they're understaffed, something else is wrong with the system that's making them, you know, they should obviously they should know not to complain in front of patients. But at the same time, you're kind of like not, if you're just looking at that, you're not looking at the issue. It's like, what the root led, cause, what, the root cause, what right. led them to complain? Right. So, so it's very hard is your point. That, right. That once you dig into that level, it's very hard. Right. But that doesn't mean it shouldn't be. Right. But it, I think approved. it's, it's just, it's much, it's a, it's a marketing concern, but it's a system level thing that yes. has to be addressed. I mean, right. you got to look at the top down and figure out where the problems are. I prefer to look at the bottom up, but well, I think her point too is that it'll just be a year. (laughs) What was that? What was her point? Well, I think her point was more that it'll just be a year where people are, you know, really looking at that. Yeah, like you know, it'll just be at the forefront more. I mean, I know it always has, but read her post. I'll put it up there. I'm probably not paraphrasing it right, but no, I think that sounds right. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of that, that's a good segue into our final segment of the day, which is the 2009 survey of healthcare consumers put out by Deloitte. And we'll provide a link to this because you can download it for free. And it's chock full. It doesn't have page numbers, so I can't tell you how many pages. I'm going to guess two dozen. Chock full of... It does? (laughs) Yeah, look at the lower left and right. At least mine does. Well, mine doesn't. What the hell? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, well, how many pages is it, Adam? I think it's like 17. Would <laughs> you go yeah. in and manually put in your own page numbers? <laughs> no, I've got 17 pages here. Okay. Well, that's a very important part of this discussion to know that. So, <laughs> the, so we wanted to dive in on this because on one hand, it makes our eyes roll once again because it's this thick, important document from a well-respected consultant all based on consumer opinions which we have our own biases on and it's not just us but we subscribe to the belief that consumer opinions do not equate consumer behavior so and then some of how they do this survey uh, makes it even worse so for example the methodology nationally representative sample of 4,000 American adults that's good ages 18 older that's good Survey between October 2 and October 10, 2008. So first of all, one week. So let's hope there wasn't some giant story in the news about how crappy healthcare was or how great it was. Right. You'd think you'd want to spread it around. And it's all web-based questionnaire. And I have such a problem with surveys that are they're just Only all web-based. going that way. Right. And I understand why they're going that way, because they're easier to do. But that's part of the problem with this traditional research. We do it because it's easy to do, right. not necessarily because it gives us a real insight into the truth. And, and all web-based surveys is just an acceleration of that, right. in my opinion. And now there's – I was going to try to find it. Maybe I've whined about this before. There's a company that advertises on TV. Have you guys seen this? You can make money at home 
by being part of our group of people yes, who yes. answer your consumer paid, research right, you're surveys. Paid to, paid to take surveys. Yes. And I imagine this company goes to research firms like Deloitte or others and says, hey, we got a pool of 10,000 people who are ready to, to fill out your survey. You don't have to go out. You don't have to call. You don't have to mine these people. They're right here. Well, don't you think that impacts the <laughs> results? A bunch of mercenaries filling out your survey? Ugh, sorry. I'm ranting. And then you get things like this. So here's the, here's the, here's the, the letter, right, the, the, from official-looking Paul Keckley, executive director of Deloitte Center for Health Solutions, who I'm sure is a great guy. Here's the synopsis at the end. The results of the study are conclusive. Consumers want better performance from their healthcare system. They think it is wasteful, inefficient, complex, and expensive. They are frustrated that the tools useful to them in making decisions about their health are not readily available. They like innovations that result in lower costs and more convenience. They want, to better, they want better value for the dollars they spend and believe fundamental changes are necessary to achieve these goals. To which I say, blah, blah, blah. No shit. <laughs> you really need to conduct a 4,000-person survey? Really? Right. Really? For that to be your conclusion? Okay. Should well, I be the done thing, complaining? Because I have good stuff, too. The other thing that, that's interesting, and, I, and I, as I mentioned before the, before, we, before the show, is when we were talking about this, was that um, at the beginning of his, his letter, he states that people are just, there's, there's, it's difficult to make decisions and conclusions because it's so, the system is so complex and hard to understand. Right. So isn't that an awkward way to start off? And now, and now here are the results of our survey. <laughs> we went ahead and asked Here, them anyway. Here's how people answered questions they had no idea how to answer because, it's, because the whole thing is so complex. Nobody understands understand quantum physics, but here's our 200-question survey on <laughs> average Joe consumer's quantum physics opinion. We sampled. <laughs> well, here, here's, here's where I – I'm just going to give one example of why I think this is kind of silly. So one of the results, 64% – of those surveyed say they would be interested in using an in-home medical device that could help them know what to do and when to improve their health or treat a health condition. What does that tell you? If you ask me, would you be interested in a device that would help you do that? That could be sure. Right. What I mean, what's the, what, how do I use it? What's the cost? What's the pain? Do I use it? You know, it's like your story with the, we fit, you know, if it, if it makes me feel bad, this is so out of context with reality I'm surprised 99% didn't say yes, mm-hmm. right? It could be so many things. It could be so many things, and, and I can't really value this, or I can't, I can't balance the value with the cost because I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> Yet you ask me the question, I'm going to give you an answer. Speaking All right. On that note, though, a device that helps you improve your health, there is something out there that I was looking at um, maybe getting for myself. that um, It's new. It's called the Fitbit. Have you heard of this thing? Fitbit.com. No. We'll put it in the show notes. But it's a little device, this tiny little thing, like the size of like an iPod shuffle, probably. You put it like on, on a wristband when you sleep, so it's always in contact like with your skin. You just have it on you when during the day when you're walking. It does everything from monitor how well you're sleeping um, oh, wow. to how, how, far, how much you've walked in the day, how many calories you've burned, and you just plug it into your computer at the end of the night, and it just starts gathering your data, you know, day after day after day after day of all this stuff. And you can kind of see, uh, and then generates reports for how healthy of a lifestyle you're living, basically. So interesting little device that maybe kind of fits that description to a little bit. Yeah. Neat. (laughs) (laughs) And back to the survey. (laughs) So you got a website you can provide? 
Yeah, yeah link okay. fitbit.com. <laughs> Sorry. And if I get one, I'll let you know how cool it is. Yeah. Or well, we should sucks. get one just to see. Yeah, it could be kind of cool. Could, we could use it to test. I mean, we can see how we could work it into some of our client efforts. I do have one more thing I can complain about. Can I complain about one more thing? <laughs> so they, they try to provide synopses of the results. So here's an example, synopsis, synopsis, subhead. Consumers use quality and cost information to select providers and health plans. Now, if that's all you saw, you would think that that's a mainstream behavior. Most everybody does it. It's accepted. Yeah, you're, you're shaking your head no, because that's my <laughs> first reaction. And here's the first bullet under that. 27% of people say they looked online for information about the quality of care provided by specific doctors within the last 12 months. 13% say they looked online for cost information. So at best, a quarter, a quarter of people do this, and I think that's inflated <laughs> because, again, you're asking people, and they think that's what they're supposed to do, so you get that effect right. of a survey. Right. It's not necessarily behavior. It's what they think they should do. So how can you state that consumers do this when best case scenario, you got 27% of them who say they do. Right. That's a, that's a landslide loss in an election. <laughs> and you would not say Americans support Ralph Nader as president if he gets 27% of the vote. Right. So what is that? I don't know. And, and, yeah, and like you said, I was rolling my eyes because, I mean, that's – I don't – when I choose a doctor, I – I go to the I go to the hospital website for where I normally would go or that I know my insurance is accepted at and I find a doctor who does what I I, I pick somebody off the list and I go see the person. Right. I you know, I I I and I have to guess that's what a lot of people do. I doubt that a I lot mean, of people search the web for reviews on the guy or girl or woman. It's just not yet. I, we all think it's going there, and we we, yeah. I, we like the idea of it, right? But no, I don't. I think, never have. And twenty seven percent seems high. Yeah, I mean, I'm always skeptical of online reviews anyway. Because I mean, yes. I, most of the people who review anything, often the people seem to be the people who had a bad experience because they want to they want to talk about it. Well, and this is supposed to be random, so you would assume that you're you're <laughs> you're discounting that. It's supposed to be random. Right. We don't know, but. Here, okay, so here's a statistic that I thought, you know, where, they, uh, where this can provide some value is that as long as you use a gigantic grain of salt in thinking about that these are opinions, not behaviors. Like a salt lick. A salt lick. You, <laughs> if you can compare benchmark like results from this year to last year or previous years, then at least maybe you do get a sense of some movement. So here's one I thought was really interesting. Uh, under hospitals, satisfaction rose from 60% of hospital users in 2008 to 74% of hospital users in 2009. So satisfaction with hospital care in 2009 was at 74%. It was 60% in 2008. That's a 25% increase in one year. What the hell is that? Is, it, <laughs> is, that, a, is that a result of healthcare reform and that hospitals have come out smelling like roses more than others, like insurance companies or... You know, is that why? I mean, it. There's certainly we would say there's no, been no significant change in how hospitals show up from 2008 to 2009 that would result in people <clears throat> thinking that. Would we, in general? No. I don't. I wouldn't think so. Yeah. Not, I just think that's, that's quite a jump. Yeah. Any theories? I think part no. of it's healthcare reform. Maybe, but I mean, has there really been? I mean, there's talk of reform. Has there 
Really well, they're about ready to pass a bill. I mean, yeah, but there hasn't really been much reform as of yet. No, but I mean, it's been a top topic of discussion on the news and culturally, and you know, people post mm-hmm. their rants on Facebook. Well, that, and yeah, undeniably. I just wonder if people throughout all of that have have kind of like thought of winners and losers and bad guys and good guys and maybe hospitals and physicians have come out of it more like good guys. Good guys. Which is good maybe, for them. Yeah. And they are good guys, to your point earlier. Right. We all have responsibilities to play in reform. But Okay, so, so that was interesting. Um, boy, all I have is negative stuff, you guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> I try to pull out something positive. Here's another one that's interesting. Uh, differentiation of hospitals based on perceived quality is significant and increasing. So here's the stat that I thought was interesting. Most rely on recommendations from medical professionals, 67%, websites, 57%, friends and relatives, 48%, and health plans, 42%, to learn about quality differences. Now, I'm not sure how they're defining quality, but that contradicts, for example, Press Caney and a lot of other sources who say the number one influencer on a consumer making a choice is friends and family. Yeah. So I wonder if this is being, because it's specific about quality, or whether, again, this is a survey bias and people think, well, I want to sound like I do the right thing and I'm smart, and I, so I'm talking to the medical professionals. I don't know. Yeah. And then here's another one that just, this just, we run into this all the time. Subhead insurance coverage is the most important factor to consumers in selecting a hospital. Two out of five, like two in five outpatients. And one in three inpatients say they check to see if their insurance would cover the service and or if the hospital accepted their insurance prior to their hospital visit. I think that's probably accurate, but it's slightly misleading if you, re- if you take it verbatim. You know, would we ever advocate that a hospital promote what insurance they accept as their branding message, for example? It, it goes back to the funny story we tell. Like, if you ask people what's most important to you in buying a car, and you say miles per gallon, design, um, reliability, or the fact that it won't blow up if you drive it over 75 degrees, which one are you going to select? So that's kind of this question, don't you think? Of course it's going to be accepted by insurance before you decide, but these days managed care really isn't a huge factor as much as it used to be. I mean, I can go to multiple hospitals. So yeah, I want to make sure that the hospital I choose, like you guys having your baby, you would never pick a hospital that's not covered by insurance. Good Lord. But that still narrows it down to maybe half. Right. Sorry, go ahead. Well, it kind of depends on the insurance though, right? It does. I mean, there's more man, there's more restrictive if you're in a managed care PPO sometimes, but most of that has fallen away because consumers beat down the door and said, don't restrict our choice. Yeah, but maybe, maybe people just generally I think don't it's, know that. I think it makes perfect sense. I think if some of my family members. They would check it first. Of course you would. But they would also check to make sure the building's standing and that they offer the service that they're interested in. It's, it's you know, so I don't know how much value there is in that other than if you're an insurance, if you're a CFO at a hospital, you better make sure you accept as many insurance plans as possible. Which they already know that. I mean, obviously. Here's another one that we've quoted before that seems to fit with other research. 16% of those surveys said they switched physicians in the last year. How many percent? 16. 
And when, when I've done my Joe Public Doesn't Care About Your Hospital, that's roughly, I think the, the stat I used was 11, but that's pretty close to the same. Mm-hmm. I mean, unless you're moving uh, or you're in a situation where now you need a physician you didn't before, mm-hmm. or somebody brought this up at the last time I spoke, the physician retires or moves and you're forced. That's, those are usually the reasons. Sometimes it's you don't like what happened, but if, once you get a doctor, you stick with them through thick and thin unless they really suck. Because that's a big deal to change doctors. See, maybe it's just that I don't go to a doctor often. But for me, I'm kind of like, yeah, I don't really, I don't care. I don't, I, I don't, I don't have a doctor. I don't really. No, either. but Glenn a does. Well, she does now, yeah. right? And she probably will. But I'm forward. saying, like for me, I don't. But uh, you'll have a pediatrician moving forward. We will. So yes. let's think about that. Well, you won't switch your pediatrician on a whim. No, but for me, I'd switch my, whatever doctor I'm seeing for my stuff on a whim. Right, don't, but you don't, don't have stuff. Don't forget about That's me. your point, right? Right. Right. You don't have stuff to deal with. You don't have, you're not old enough to have to worry about old men's stuff. You're not, right. any sure, chronic I'm illnesses. Sure I'm sure well, you've got developing. allergies. Yeah. You have an allergist? Yeah, yeah, I mean, for that, but do I'm Do you not, stick with that allergist? I do out of convenience, not because, right. but I mean, I, if, I wouldn't hesitate to go see somebody else to continue my But you care. have I don't think he is. See, there's the difference between opinion and behavior. Boom! A great way to wrap up the survey. <laughs> sure, I'd switch doctors. Have you? No. But I. But what I'm saying is, I'm not. I certainly. I would have no problem right. doing it. I'm not. I, I, I. He's. He's good. He's good. He's enthusiastic. He loves what he does. He's very passionate about. You're it. You're not so allergic to him. I'm not allergic to him. <laughs> so I mean, yeah. I mean, in that sense, yeah. But in terms of a doctor for anything other than that, I. Yeah. But at some point, you might need an internist. You might need yeah, a regular doctor. I'm right on the borderland of that. I need it for other reasons. But, but my age group. Yeah. T- and to your point with Glenna's doctor, she loves her doctor. So. Right. Right. She, she wouldn't even dream of tr- switching to somebody else. You have a regular doctor, Jackie? No, not really. No? A female doctor, yes. But I but what, that, that doesn't the... count? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't need regular doctors. I have a female doctor, but I don't know. Well, actually, I see anyone at the women's clinic, though. Like, yeah. I'm not, I don't. It doesn't bother me to kind of switch around with the doctor. Because it's more convenient? But Oh, go ahead. Because it is more convenient. Yeah. Just who's ever available. As long as it fits with my schedule, it's right. kind of more my deal. But in terms of dentists, I've switched about three of those because they've ended up not accepting my insurance. And there was one I was with for quite a few years, and I absolutely loved them. But I've done you know, that, too. that was a factor. Maybe dentistry too. is different when it comes to that, but I would say that was the opposite for me. I'm like you with Dennis. I don't I don't care who I see, <laughs> yeah. just get me in there. Right. Yeah. But I have three at least three doctors that are regular doctors I've seen for years. And I wouldn't switch them unless my insurance stopped covering them mm-hmm. for sure. And it's not convenient for me. They live they're they're in an office that's twenty five minutes away because I've moved since then, but I still see them. So so you just gave us the high sign. All right. So we better wrap up. This was a good Fine. one. Fine. Yeah. Got back into it. That's good way to kick off the mm-hmm. new year, 2010. New All right, cool. Well, for Healthcare Marketing Insights, this is Chris Bevelo. Adam Meyer. Jackie Rotaco. Sayonara. See you next time.